Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Bevelations Cocktails and Conversations with Billy's Most Fabulous. It's Bev. We are in the middle of the end of days, so why not bring the podcast back, shall we? Everyone is figuring out how to cope and deal with this current coronavirus situation that has enveloped us all, so I figure with this downtime, why not create some content to put out there to get everybody's mind off of uh, what we're going through right now. So we have our first episode in about nine months, but hopefully more will be coming out shortly. Um, This is just a little catch-up conversation with my best friend Jeremiah, um, and we just kind of talk through some stuff and have a little kiki while we're all being quarantined. So sit back, relax, enjoy this new episode. Uh, If you enjoy it and want to throw a couple dollars my way for uh, listening, my Venmo is it's bevbitch on Venmo. That's also my Instagram. You can follow me there. And until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode. Bye. Well, it's the end of days and we can't leave the house. Might as well record a podcast. Hi, welcome back to another exciting episode of Bevelations. Yay! It's Bev here, and I'm joined as always, or by as always, I mean um, twice seven months ago, and now again. <laughs> welcome, my co host, Jeremiah. Oh, hello, you. Oh, hello, you. So we're having a little quarantine kiki uh, podcast moment, you know. Who quarantine kiki? I love that. Qu- a quarantine kiki, <laughs> if you will. Kiki. Let's have a quarantine kiki. Lock the doors. T- that song, it's it's wow. gets layered the more you think about it. So welcome. Uh, everyone is trying to find new ways to artistically uh, create and fulfill themselves without having to leave the house and get infected or infect other people. So why not bring back this old chestnut? I just hate myself. And I'm so referring I don't want to, be by to myself. you. You're yeah, an old right. chestnut. Congratulations. <laughs> so we were supposed. We had two guests lined up for today for these podcast interviews, and both of them bailed. So it's just going to be you and I today. But you know what? Cheers. Let's do. Let's do that closer to the microphone. Cheers. There we go. There's your ASMR for the day. Exactly. We'll catch up with each other. Talk about current events, mm. and then hopefully. In the next few days, we'll have our guests come back. So we are uh, recording this on Sunday, Sunday the fifteenth. So we are in day three (laughs) (laughs) of 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 hell. Um, So how how are things with you? Uh, Things for me are not. Totally terrible. Um, I don't use toilet paper. I use personal wipes. So those are abundant at the grocery store. Do so you think people haven't like realized that they, that's an alternative? Absolutely not. I did see something on Facebook where it was like um, people were saying that like moms were going insane because people when they couldn't get toilet paper they were going for the baby wipes, and then people with actual babies couldn't get the baby wipes. There's already a gif of this like woman trying to steal a toilet paper pack from an old lady and some gay like has to like intervene. People are fucking crazy. People, people are fucking crazy. Did you see that thing about the guy in Canada who like stockpiled like 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and then tried to sell to like price gouge them on Amazon and Amazon was like absolutely not we're deactivating your account and you're no longer allowed to be a seller with us yeah I did and the article was like sympathetic towards him and I'm like fuck that guy I hope his house yeah, holds I think the fire. first person that actually shared it that I saw it was the girl who plays 
um, Alexis on Schitt's Creek. Uh, Annie Murphy was the one who shared it. Yeah, that guy's a monster. So your day job, you get to work from home. You've gotten the official... Oh, me having to sit for several weeks by myself in my apartment and do nothing but sit on a laptop? I've been preparing for this my entire life. Yeah. I, for those who don't know, I am the office manager of a dental practice. I don't have that luxury. We're um, in the process of figuring out what the fuck we're going to do because one of the doctors that I work for is currently uh, in Palm Beach, Florida with no way of getting to Philadelphia because Palm Beach is where, like, that plane had someone test positively after he arrived in Palm Beach. Did they shut down the airport? I don't know, but my boss is 74 years old. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to an airport where it's already been confirmed that someone was there, so cancel all of my patients until further notice. I, too, also don't want to die, so I sympathize with him. (laughs) Right. And I know I told Jeremiah this, but a fun little side effect of this whole uh, situation is that every yokel out there under the sun has gone out and stockpiled surgical masks and rubber gloves so now they're not available and they're being rationed to medical and dental providers. Mm. We're only allowed to have three boxes. Don't mind that noise. That's just my dryer. <laughs> or the chili. <laughs> or the, or oh, I am making chili. Uh, but yeah, we're not allowed to uh, order any more than three boxes of gloves every five days. So uh, that's 150 gloves. I'm uh, not gloves. Uh, masks. We're only allowed to have three boxes of masks every five days, which is 150 Masks. So I don't and work in a dental practice. And we see a lot more patients than that normally. I was going to say, I, I don't work in a dental practice, so I would assume that you have to change out a mask every for per- every, every single person. patient. Yep. And that's across hygienists, uh-huh. dentists. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know who else is in your practice, orthodontists, mm-hmm. like surgeons, like whatever. So like- Think about it this way. A person is wearing a mask several inches from your open mouth and saliva, blood teeth, if we're drilling down, that all gets out into the air. They're breathing in, so therefore it's pulling it towards their mask. If they were then using someone else's mask for you, you have the potential to get all of those people's germs. So basically it's like the gross version of spit in my mouth. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. There was like a a BuzzFeed uh, article about like the most at-risk professions in an epidemic like this, and like dental hygienist was number two. Yeah. So... (laughs) So, yeah, it's fun times that we're all living in. Mm. Um, And you're a performer as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have stepped back into the performing stage. You have. Veronica has come out of the closet. Veronica has no more secrets. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, it's been... Whatever. It's a V name. No one pays attention to my name anyway. Um, It's been a good time. Uh, I've actually really grown a lot in the last uh, four months my makeup's gotten so much better. Uh, well, it couldn't have gotten worse, but I'm pumped. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from me. That's coming from fucking me. Um, and learning a lot. Uh, have worked with some new performers that I don't know that I would have had the opportunity to work with before. So that's been really great to kind of expand that social circle and really just spend a lot of time with uh, some people who kiki and really have so, so great hearts and are really great performers and really interesting ideas. So that's helped me creatively. Have you lost any gigs so far because of this? Uh, yeah, two so far. Um, I'm primarily doing brunches right now just because my day job is so uh, intensive. Um, so it limits my performance ability uh, in terms of availability. Uh, a lot of abilities. Um, but Today's yeah. secret word is ability. ability. Drink every time Drink I say every it. every time you say it. 
yeah, so I've lost two gigs. How about you? Uh, I've only lost one so far, but we did just get an email that officially uh, Punchline uh, is shutting down mm. for at least two weeks. So there goes uh, all of our brunches for the time being. I was not scheduled to work any brunch this weekend or next weekend, but... Um, yeah, April seems to be up in the air at the moment. And April, we had scheduled for our Golden Girls brunch, which always sells out. So I'm really hoping that we get our shit together by then. Yeah, I feel like everybody, uh, in an abundance of caution, which I fucking hate that phrase, um, is shutting everything down until April or mid-April. And it's not even like that's when they expect things to be better. That's like the checkpoint part where they're right. like, we're going to see if things are worse. Yeah. And most decidedly, they probably will be worse just because of how these types of things spread and right. everything. And I'm not trying to fear monger or anything, but like we've still got a ways to go before we're like South Korea. I mean, we're not Italy, thank God, but <laughs> not yet. Leave it up to our president. It's only a matter of time. Mm. But um, so, yeah, so everyone um, is... Uh, taking to alternative means to to uh, artistically uh, express themselves, so I think that's great. Eric Jaffe was supposed to be here today to discuss their. Uh, they had a virtual drag brunch yesterday that I caught a couple moments of that looked super cute. It was fucking hysterical, especially the mimosa moment and the bacon moment were <laughs> actually my favorite. I didn't get to see all of it, but um, they were supposed to be here today for an interview, and they bailed on me, but they're. Uh, going to be rescheduling, and I have a feeling, given everybody's availability over the next few days, there'll be plenty of time for a reschedule, for a rain check, if you will. So what you're saying is we're going to have 75 podcast episodes mm-hmm. out before the end of the Absolutely. week. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so I think it's fun to bring back the podcast and just put some content out there, give people a little... Laugh, something to get their mind off of the the situation. Although we've done nothing but discuss it since we started, but there's <laughs> other things to talk about, like alcohol and men. Exactly, like alcohol and men. How's your dating <laughs> life? Uh, Just well, let me tell you, not well. Um, <laughs> not well, bitch. bitch. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm single and not really seeing anybody at the moment, um, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I've gone on a couple dates here and there, but I'm still. I'm still exploring my uh, single gal life after being an old married lady for almost a decade. So I was going to say, how is single life treating you? I mean, um, you, you haven't I mean, had a lot of it, so I just want to understand yeah, where you've been the last couple of months. We're about to come up on a year in May of being single. Um, gone on a few dates here and there. Met some fun people. Met some not fun people. Um, the apps are, are, are a fun quagmire wasteland to... Uh, Maneuver around mm. and through. That's a, that's a nice way of saying there's shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? I, was show, I know I told you. So this guy messaged me on Growler and um, sent a, a face yes. a, sent a face photo. And it was like of this Instagram model who has like 250,000 followers. And I was like, oh, Hunter Hardin, how are you? He's like, what? I'm like, you're clearly using... If you're going to fucking catfish somebody, use... Someone's photos that doesn't is not in the quote unquote public eye with over two hundred thousand followers and on you, Instagram. You showed me the photos, and it wasn't even like a photo that was like three years old. It was like his avatar photo for right, Instagram. Seriously. Like it was insane. Like you're fucking an, an idiot. So yeah, idiot. Yeah, at this point, like I'm like, if this is too good to be true, it is. And like if the picture's too blur, slightly blurry or whatever. Right. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, so let's test you. What's two plus two? 
Here's my website. Nope. Block. Well, since we're talking about catfish, um, <laughs> and then that's a terrible transition, but um, I, I put on, on Instagram yesterday that we were going to be recording episodes of the podcast, and I, ha- I asked um, if people wanted us to discuss anything. I got a few. Oh, we got questions? We got questions. Yay, so one uh, of them was discuss season 12. It actually just says season 12, obvi, and that's from Moxie Michaels. Thank you for that question, Moxie Michaels. So at this point, we are now three episodes into uh, RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I'm actually very pleasantly surprised with most of the cast. I, I thought the cast had some really interesting makeup choices, outfit choices. Um, I feel like the challenges are a little like late for this yeah. early in the season. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to really... Focus too much on the whole Sherry Pies. Yeah, I was gonna say we really don't even need to discuss her. But that was just a, yeah, yeah. So aside weird. from that, um, well, we've I, got I'm plenty interested. of podcast time. So let's talk about each individual contestant. Perfect, because I haven't seen the second episode, so I'm just gonna be like, who? You haven't seen? <laughs> no. You, did you see this week's episode? I did. Oh, okay. I was there at your I was there at your viewing party. So oh, I, I, I would, I would hope that, that I saw the episode. I forgot. I forgot. You were, oh, it was it was you and five other people. Um, so let's go. Let's go in alphabetical order. Aiden Zane. Oh, Aiden, is Aiden Zane. the one without the eyelashes. Aiden Zane does not wear. Okay, she she wears one wig. She's literally worn the one bomb. wig <laughs> the entire time, and doesn't wear eyelashes. It's distracting me. Like, like put on a fucking lash. I get that everybody's drag is different, and maybe like that's her thing. But it's distracting when you're you're in a full face of makeup and you don't have any eyelashes. Well, on. so I think it's interesting though. Like she's worn the same shit and she's. Like wig wise and no lash and everything, and she's not been clocked yet by the by the judges, and I feel like that's very Cameron Michaels when she was like the lip sync assassin. Where they she did that came same after Crystal Method in the third episode about yeah. how her makeup is repetitive, and the bitches on the runway wearing the same little Liza Minnelli wispy cut Rosemary's Baby wig I, that she's had on for the last three fucking episodes. So that that to me is very much a, a producer edit situation because right. I like I feel like Michelle of all people would be like. Don't yeah. do that again. But, like, I feel like they didn't do that last season either with, um, what's her name? Akira wore that big blonde wig, like, five times. And then in one challenge, Silky wore it. And then, like... Yeah, that, the, the wig that, that passed many heads. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, I get that y'all have um, limited space. And you uh, for those who don't know, they only get to bring five suitcases with them. So it why do they used show to them be, with two? It, right, exactly. They used to be able to bring five pieces of luggage or whatever. And from what I had heard that Shangela, when she came in for um, season three, took full advantage of, they, they didn't necessarily like denote what pieces of luggage were. And her being from LA, she like brought in like five refrigerator boxes full of just sh- shit. It was like, well, what? this is my bags. This is my luggage. It's funny so. you bring her up. I was at our friend, Billy's house, uh, we were watching some old episodes, uh, and it was the season, is it season two or season three that Shangela and Mimi are first done? Uh, season three was when Shangela came back, and that was Mimi's season. Yeah, yeah so we were watching season three, and that it was just interesting to see all of her choices and how far she's come to now. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. All wow. of them. All of them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. So but we're off topic. Next, no, next week. Aiden Zane. Yeah, we talked Aiden, about meh. her. Meh. She, she, we're, I have a feeling we're not going to see her much longer, so it's fine. Uh, Britta, we can't call her, well, she's Britta Filter. Yeah. 
Britta Filter. Uh, I actually really like everything she's done so far. Uh, I loved her button look. The button and bows look was super cute. That it was cute. Was Shout cute. out to yeah. Drag by Sherrielle. Ricky yes, and Ariel that, made I that was hair. Just gonna say that wig was fantastic. I like this. I liked the streaks in it. A lot of times, mm-hmm. I don't like a wig with a lot of like very distinct highlights and lowlights, but that one was really pretty. Oh, also same. Like, we were talking about another wig by another designer, and I was like, I will get this just in blonde. Um, yeah. Her, her wig, her look, everything was yeah. super good. Um, I've never met her personally. I have attempted to book her, and this was before she was even rumored. I, this was before I... This was two years ago, almost. So it was before she was either on Drag Race, looking to be on Drag Race, and her response to me was, we'll talk to my manager. I was like, you're in New York. Like, okay, cool. Like, I know how much you're getting to work at the fucking, uh, at industry on a Tuesday, Linda. I know that you're, they're not talking to your manager for that, working at whatever fucking the Albatross in Astoria. Calm, calm, calm your tits down. So... I that kind of tainted when you when you get a little too grand and it's like you yeah. you're yeah you you live in New York City congratulations you're in a studio apartment that's five thousand dollars a month well, I get yeah. it I love that but it's like, like a- I'm reaching out to you for an opportunity that many a many a girl who's gone on to be on RuPaul's Drag Race hello Bob the drag queen uh, Ms Cracker uh, mm-hmm. Alexis Michelle Thorgy Thor all at Bitch Fest before they were on Drag Race they were happy with that hundred and fifty dollar booking but. Um, I don't know. Well, so, Cracker was super great when we met her to grab that Yeah, day. they've all been sweethearts. Um, Tina Burner has come down. Um, Bootsy LaFerris. Uh, Carrie Kerning. Shout out to all those amazing New York queens that have come down and, and performed for Bitch Fest. Y'all are fabulous. I just don't think, I'm just, I don't know. That kind of tainted my opinion of her. And I love that they're setting her up. Like, it's clear she's not going to, like, the rumor is, is that she does poorly she lip syncs many times before she eventually goes home midway through the season. And I love that she's like, all of her talking heads are like, I'm the one to beat. I'm the one to beat. I'm the best queen in New York. It's like, honey, yeah. they're only giving, they're only including that so they, they can then Hype use it, it as your downfall. Yeah. Oh, of course. So she's going to be like the lip sync assassin that goes out. Right. 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 <laughs> you are not Coco Montreal. <laughs> right. So next up, Crystal Method. I really like Crystal Method. Uh, agreed. Shared. A Crystal Method reminds me, and uh, for those who uh, go back a couple years in Philly drag, reminds me a lot of a queen who lived in Philly briefly, but now lives in Georgia named Lasagna Entree, who is <laughs> was in cycle four of Drag Wars. Um, has a very similar drag aesthetic. The makeup isn't as severe, but she's like fucking off the wall crazy. We did a show together at Voyeur. It was like a summer vacation themed show um, and she did a number that was four minutes she just came out in a bathing suit with a towel wrapped around her head put a put a bath t- like a, a beach towel out and just like put on suntan lotion put on sunscreen the entire number for four minutes no lip just syncing. no lip syncing just lathered up her body covered her body in in sunscreen didn't collect a dollar from the audience at the end the song was over she picked up her beach town she walked off stage i was like the the crowd went up like what, what it was, is, I was so gonna say, what, is, what was good. the audience like reaction to this after <laughs> like after you realized like 45 seconds in like oh this is just what it is like everyone hmm. was fucking living for it i brought her back a couple times um uh to do a bitch fest or when i used to do um my see you in hell show and she's performed she did um 
a number one time where it was just, there was, I think it was either a YouTube or a Facebook video where it was like an old woman who couldn't stop sneezing and they were like, ah! like sneezes. <laughs> and, no. it was, and it was just this <laughs> instrumental like track. And then every, like anytime the music would crescendo, it would be this loud sneezing. <laughs> It's just fucking crazy off the wall. And that's anyways, that's a that's a that's a <laughs> side conversation. But I just love I love kooky shit like that. And I love yeah. I think he's cute as a boy with the mullet and everything. And I just love I love her aesthetic. I fucking hate when Drag Race does this when and they tried to do it with Trixie when it was like and now Trixie's iconic and everyone wants to be like her. It's like you cast someone with a quote unquote signature makeup look mm-hmm. or a signature style and we're they're even doing it earlier than normal now. We're on episode three and Michelle's already like, Well I'm really getting I feel like you're hiding behind your makeup. It's like, you know that bitch had the same face in her audition video for yeah. every single fucking look. You saw this bitch. Yeah. Snatch game when we're doing characters, absolutely. Put on a fucking different face. But when you're doing yourself on the runway and this is literally the second Time this bitch has been on the runway because she wasn't even in episode one two until she was in episode one. I'm sorry, she was in episode two at the very very end, but not on the runway. It's like this is the second time you're seeing this bitch, and you're already saying to her, "Oh, I really think you're hiding behind your makeup, and I really think you need to change it up." Speaking of the Trixie makeup, how many of the girls already look like a different version of Trixie Mattel on this season? Several. Well, I don't know that they all look like Trixie. I think that they're. Drag Race is at least trying to include for a little bit, like, people who are making different choices, not just trying to look, like, feminine. Mm. Like, uh, we'll get to Rock'em Sakura, but I don't think she's necessarily doing a Trixie look. I think she's doing an anime look. It's very similar in my mind to what there was a queen who used to live in New York, who now lives in San Francisco as well, named uh, Erica Clash, who had been in Philly a few times. She was on season two of Dragula, and she does a very like, exaggerated Japanese, like, anime. Her, her, her aesthetic is more like video games, okay. kind of, like, pixelated. But she does, like, a lot of the white under the eye to make the eye bigger and does, like, a very, almost an, an illustration instead of a, a, a look. Well, then I stand corrected, or sitting corrected. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So next up is... Uh, I'm trying to go enough. I don't know why I said I was going in alphabetical order. Oh, fuck it. We'll just go in the order of the fucking uh, promo. Dahlia Sin... Spoiler alert, went home this week. Sorry about that. Um, I didn't care for her. She's fine. Like, I don't know that she brought anything. You know? I feel like her whole thing was like, well, I'm Aja's daughter. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, You you paint really well um, when it comes to, like, performance space. Like, I don't know that you had a great performance. I mean, any girl who's like, well, I'm sexy. That's all I'm going to do. I'm here to be sexy. It's like, ugh. Well, and so, the, like, like, skipping ahead of it, like, that's what I appreciate about... Home. There are so many people that wanted this opportunity, and you're like, well, I'm just here to look sexy. Well, Go that's what I appreciate about uh, Nikki Tall, where she was like, I'm normally the sexy drag queen, and I don't want to do this in this week's challenge. I want to do something to kind of show my range. And so I at least appreciated that she wanted to break herself out of that, like, standard stereotype. Yeah. Well, you went home first. Bye, girl. Um, next <laughs> Girl, boom, girl, bot. What? Um, next up is Gigi Good. So I think Gigi is definitely uh, kind of in the Aquarius space where she's 21. Yeah. They're getting her the Aquaria edit as well. I mean, she's, so she's a, a son of a seamstress, so she knows how to make a costume. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think any of that is going to... I expect 
from her if she's gonna continue to do what she's doing. It needs to be so much bigger. I really liked her look this week. This week was the first one where I've been just like, okay, well, like, clearly you're having, like, either stuff pulled for you or made, but, like, the the buttons thing, that was, like... Did you watch Untucked? She couldn't even. She couldn't even bend. Yeah, yeah it was it, so it weighed full. Like Forty five pounds. Yeah, every she said like, and I appreciate like she, and her friends made that like she covered all of that shit in E six thousand, which uh, for any drag queen who's out there who's ever done that shit with rhinestones, it's got to be just as infuri- infuriating to do it with buttons. Quick tip: What's E six thousand? E six thousand for those who don't know is an industrial strength adhesive that uh, a lot of drag queens use for uh, fixing rhinestones. Or, like, basically it's you use it to embellish um, uh, a garment, a costume. Um, it'll get you high. You have to, you have <laughs> to use it in a ventilated area. The um, more you know. The more you know. They actually now make, like, a fabric, like, a stretchy fabric version of it that I prefer to the regular E6000. That's not, doesn't have that scent. But it's like you can always tell when someone walks into it with a freshly stoned garment. You're like, Whoa! So if the got talc, a contact high. If the talc powder isn't going to kill you, this <laughs> is exactly. Well. Miss Elaine walked into a dressing room a few weeks ago in a gown that she had like fully like encrusted with like actual like jewels for a pageant, and you were just like, "Woo! You have to!" I don't know how you're wearing that. Like I would be high as a kite. Quick question: uh, Preferred smell E six thousand or crusty pads? <laughs> Ugh. N- neither. <laughs> neither. Nevesha, I'm reading you. Next up is anyway, Gigi Good. I think she's obviously going to go far. Yeah, for I, her. I actually really. I also her. really liked her wig this week. The orange wig. It looked normal, and then when she turned around, it was like it kind of like was layered. That they she'd cut like layered flips into the back of it. It was very interesting. So I really liked her look. The the intro look between the girls. The very like Natasha Boris look that she had. She had that. Oh like, like, yeah, that. I I loved that way. I thought which that was by the way, you know you got to be pissed. When you bring, okay, you can only bring five suitcases full of drag to Drag Race. And, like, you've got to waste an entire look on, like, 35 seconds to meet the queens. Like, that's an entire look mm-hmm. that they're like, well, fuck, okay. Well, I mean, hopefully if you, if hopefully you, I don't have to use this shit again. If you look at their makeup, like, those girls, because obviously they were not in their episode one outfits. Mm-mm. If you look at their makeup, like, it's very minimal. Like, no one really tried that hard. Oh, Crystal did a full face of makeup. Well, Crystal yeah. did her normal face okay. of makeup. But Brenda I, but wasn't I, a full face. But I feel like that's their normal face. But if you look at, like, Gigi, if you look at um, uh, Heidi. Oh, God, I hate that name. Uh, but, like, they did not try very hard. Oh. Right? They weren't like, here's my, like, look yeah. when you walk in. And I can't tongue pop, so don't ever expect me to do it. Yeah, I can't even do that. Which brings us next to Heidi and Closet. So... I was watching, I think it was, um, it was, I was either, um, it was listening to Race Chaser with Willem in Alaska, which is, if you're not listening to it, is amazing. Um, or it was like the recap thing with Bob, the drag queen for this season. And the N stands for Nina. So she's Heidi Nina closet. That is fucking funny. And I don't know why she doesn't. Like, I don't know why. I guess they wouldn't let her go by that so that they could have this whole story arc of, like, well, oh, she's going to change her name because they hate her name. But Heidi Nina Closet, that's fucking funny. And I love a punny name, and that's good. And, well, and that's the first time I've ever heard of that. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, please do this. Yeah. Like, um, I, 
I love her. I didn't think I was going to like her because I feel like they were giving her the first out edit in the first episode. Like, oh, well, she's the unfortunate one. But she's fucking funny. And, like, she's... I, I feel like she'll get the, the Chi-Chi Devane, Kennedy Davenport, like, funny southerner. Yeah, I mean, like, pageant she, girl she did kind fantastic of. in this episode. Exit. Like, she was so I mean, funny. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I think she's hysterical. And I, I didn't think that I would like her. But I absolutely, I, I, I'm, right now it looks like they're giving her the, um, the Miss Congeniality I, I, I could see that. She seems like the the nicest I don't want to say like the most down to earth because I mean right. you're on TV right. but uh, yeah she seems like she'd be great to work with she brings a lot yeah next up is Jackie Cox I like she's fine I mean I'd fuck her <laughs> well Jackie if you're listening <laughs> Jeremiah <laughs> Jeremiah I, J- but J- what J- happens I, when two bottoms get together do you just rub buttholes together I don't know <laughs> Figure it out. There's double ended dildos. Oh, Whatever. That's true. That's true. Um, no, we'll, I, call, we'll call Chris Balby. Shout out, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like her looks. I like she's got this retro signature. You already know. We're episode, oh, we're episode three. Yeah. And you you can she's. I don't want to call it iconic. I feel like that word's thrown around too much. But you can see it uh, that look. I had heard of her through friends in New York who were just like, yeah, she's fine. She's one of those like. Girls that clearly moved to New York. A guy, he moved to New York to try to get on Broadway. That didn't happen. So he put on a dress and sings in a cabaret space, which cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah, no, I, it's I, a very. I love. I love that she's committing to the period aesthetic and not mm-hmm. trying to like, like. I think that's. In, I think that's the most interesting thing that I've seen about her so far is that it is one specific aesthetic that she's stuck with, and still made it work for the constraints of each challenge. Yeah, what I, what I was just gonna say, like, I like that she's been able to keep that aesthetic look, but then step out of that for like the the world's worst was the challenge this this week, right? And she did so well stepping out of that makeup. Like, if you looked at closely, like she had that like uh, those like white lines that like made the face more jaunt and like mm-hmm. oh, I like skin and all that. Yeah, like. It, She's not sticking to that look in the challenge. Like, she's trying to make the challenge happen. Right. Which, shout out, by the way, I love whatever homosexual is on the uh, writing staff at um, World of Wonder for, for Drag Race. That they were the Del Rio trio, which, if anyone is a child of the 80s like I am, was clearly, I am too. Which was modeled after the Del Rubio triplets, which I actually dressed up as one of them for um, when I used to do my... Uh, education show at Tavern. We watched the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special where it came out, I think, in like 1989 or 1990. Mm -hmm. And he had the most obscure uh, gathering of... He had Little Richard, Oprah, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Dinah Shore, uh, uh, Joan Rivers, Cher, Katie Lang... (laughs) Grace Jones. I was going to say, Grace Grace Jones. Grace Jones shows up in a box. And sings Little Drummer Boy. We literally watch it at my parents' house every single Christmas. It's like a tradition. But in that episode, there's these three old women. They're triplets. Uh, They sing Walking in a Winter Wonderland in Mm -hmm. white go-go boots with, like, a red low-cut top and, and like, a bedazzled miniskirt. And they it's... Iconic. So think of like just Google Betty, the Del Rubio triplets. Think of like Betty White times three. Exactly. In go-go boots playing and a low-cut all top. All three of them playing guitar and like walking together through like a winter wonderland set. It's so <laughs> fucking good. I'm it's so, so good. glad that they gave that like a little homage. It's so good. This week. 
But um, yeah, no, Jackie was definitely great in that challenge. I think she's going to yeah. go far. Uh, next up is Jada Essence Hall. Mm. The best. I, I really like her. Um, she's a pageant girl. I, the best joke of the season has been when RuPaul was like, I believe I stayed in Jada Essence Hall when I was in college. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's fucking funny. She's from uh, Milwaukee. She was the, she won t- episode two, right? She won, you're right. She won her first uh, challenge. But she was uh, I will say, though, that that reveal out of that dress was amazing. Yeah. So, like, like you, you, you see this giant. She like, reminds me a lot of, she reminds me of the, a lot of the, 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 the drag queens that I grew up watching in, like, the Baltimore, D.C. area, where it's a very polished, I'm not a drag queen, I'm a female illusionist, I'm a female impersonator. It's a lot of, I'm not going to look ridiculous because I, I'm, I'm a polished performer. I like that she got let herself look a little ridiculous this week in mm-hmm. the whole Apple thing. I hope that she just continues to push and doesn't pigeon her pigeonhole herself as just a quote unquote look queen or a pageant queen. Yeah, I think which drag race you know they want to put you in a fucking box. Yeah, and I think you've got you've got to be able to to move beyond what you're normally known for. Like she's this pageant queen, she's this illusionist. Like her makeup's stunning, her hair is perfect. So be able to be a little crazy, right? And move through that, um, and not be afraid to do that. Well, rumor rumor has it she goes very far, so we'll see a lot of a lot more of her. Okay. Next up is Jan, just Jan, cute sure, Jan, cute boy. Um, I actually really liked her button runway look, like mm-hmm. the the, the voodoo doll, voodoo doll look. look. It's like, hey, Evie Oddly, this is how you actually do a voodoo doll. <laughs> I, remember like, voodoo I, also, doll. I, I thought, like, I kind of expected Jan to be a, a kind of that standard, like. I'm a pretty girl and a pretty boy, and so she like kind of stepped yeah. out of that, and like it, like so that the the makeup and how it kind of like shadowed out a little bit, and like it was alternating colors, and oh my god, that button is so mm-hmm. loud. I had a similar <laughs> experience with her trying to book her for a bitch fest as I did with Britta, where she basically said the same thing, uh, talked to my manager, but she was at least like super nice about it. She's like, oh my god, I've heard of you. I'm really excited. I would love to just talk to my manager. I don't handle anyone. Now, granted, this was after. Because she she's in a band called Stephanie's Child in New York City, where it's her, Laguna Blue, and Rosé, and okay. they sing together. And they sang back up for uh, Nidra Bell, who was on, not this past season, but the season before, of The Voice. And they sang back up for her in as Stephanie's Child on Bang Bang. And so they had already been on television, so they'd kind of gotten like a little bit of notoriety. I think they went yeah. on America's Got Talent as well. So is, is Jan another one of the so, Broadway boys in a drag? Basically, okay. yeah. But um, she's—I don't know. At least I like her attitude. I think she's a little. Yeah. she's got a very positive attitude. She's not like throwing around her accomplishments. I feel like uh, like everyone, like a lot of the other New York girls are. Stay humble, ladies. Right, and so, gentlemen, and everyone. Um, I feel like outside. she's. Um, I was asked by a manager of one of the bars that I work with who I personally think would be good from this current season to bring to Philly. And the first name that I said was Jan because I feel like she's doing well. She is a performer. I feel like people would come out to see her because she is a cute boy. She does great at drag. And she's not getting like the bitch edit where you're like, I don't fucking like her. Yeah, I, I, I think she would be a great uh, addition to any show that we have here yeah. in, in Philly. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Next up is Nikki Dahl. You already know I love her. So. She, I mean, she's fine. I, I think she's going to surprise you. I I'm really, like, I we really already do. had Miss Fame. Like, we're, we've, like, it's a very Miss Fame 
edit. It's very, like, good for you. You're very skinny, and you wear clothes well. Cool. She's, okay, but she also paints well. Um, I, I think, let her, give her time to grow on you. And I don't mean. She was, she was the guest this past week for, um, they do the um, viewing parties at Roscoe's mm-hmm. in Chicago. And it was her, Detox, and Shea Coulee. And she'd only been in, she said she'd only been in the U.S. for a year before she got on Drag Race. Right. And T-Rex was like, the host was like, do you, did you move here to get on Drag Race? And she's like, well, no, I mean, I moved here. Like, basically, like, pussyfooted around. Like, yeah, I moved here to get on. (laughs) Like, just fucking say a bitch. Like, you did. Like, she's like, well, no, my boyfriend wanted to move here, too. And they wanted more opportunities for me. It's like, yeah, I wanted to get on television. Translation, drag race. I wanted to get on television. Yeah. Um, She'll be fine. Um, I thought that lip sync between her and, uh, what's her name, who went home? Uh, Dahlia. Like, talk about, like, meh. Remember uh, the, when RuPaul the, said that the lip sync between Nina West and, yes. and Silky was meh? That lip this sync was, was meh. Oh, this was garbage. It was garbage. It's like, you, it's, you, you're you already doing an Ariana Grande song where you yeah. can't fucking understand a word Ariana Grande says anyways because she's a mumble mouth. And you've got two bitches who are just concerned about standing there and looking pretty. Uh, that, well, that was what I was just going to say is that, uh, hey, know your words because you could tell neither one of them actually knew the words. So if you looked at how they edited the episode, how? How, like if like because they pulled away, they weren't close up shots. And when they were, it was when they were taking off a dress or a wig or whatever because they didn't know the fucking words. Yeah. And how are you going to do? OK, your runway challenge is buttons and bows. And you're not going to have the lip sync song be buttons by Pussycat Dolls? Missed. Opportunity. Completely. Missed. Welcome to the stage. Missed. Missed. Opportunity. Opportunity. Next up is Rockham Sakura. I like her. I like, I like. I'm meh. I mean, I, I've, the rumor is she doesn't go much farther, but I like that she's doing something different. I like the aesthetic of like, I'm influenced by anime. I'm influenced by this. I'm painting large, um, I liked her runway look this week. The Alice in Wonderland thing was kind of cool. So I think purely in terms of just, like, storyline and being, like, TV and interesting, there's not a lot to go on there. Like, I, I, I think she's... I, and when I say that, I don't... Like, I, there's nothing... Like, she doesn't have... To, she's talented. And, right. But, like, you need to be more than talented to make a story. I feel like... I, and well, so I and I feel like Apple it was thing was her very forced in her first episode last week where she was, like... Uh, all of a sudden, we went from talking about her her being the leader of the group to her mom being on meth. And it was just like, oh, honey, like, I know you realize you've only got a limited amount of time to get, like, your story arc in there. Exactly. But it's like, it's it was no different than, um, uh, when was it where it was, like, right before she got eliminated, oh, it was, well, I'm not, I was going to say it was Blair Sinclair <laughs> and her, like, admission on the runway. That just, right. These big admissions kind of not invalidating anyone's experiences, but it just seems like they come out of nowhere and they seem very forced as a way to kind of create... And that might be motivated, honestly, by the show producers who oh, are like, most oh, well, you talked about this in your audition video, so you need to talk about this now. Right. Especially if you know you didn't do well, because oh, you're course. like, bitch, I might be going home and I'm not going to be like, get I, to and, tell my story. And I mean, it very much like you can see where, you know, in the episode, she was supposed to be the orange and she was the orange, but then she like kept fighting for the apple. I don't feel like she was like, oh yeah, I definitely feel myself as the apple. I feel like that was a production like saying, 
you should really go for the apple. Go for the apple. Go for the apple. Go for the apple. And then she's like, well, maybe I should go for the apple. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you would not have been a good apple. Right. So next up is Sherry Pie. Canceled. Well, all I'm going to say is this. Aside from all of her uh, her indiscretions and her past, I've worked with her a few times. And all the girls that I work with, uh, myself, Vinchel, Anita Manhattan, Sutton, like, she is not a nice person. She's, she was never nice to any of the Philly girls when we did stuff together. It's like, good for you. Another one. You, good for you. You fucking live in New York City. We're all doing the same gig together, and we're all making the same amount of money. You're not any better than me, bitch. And the show that we did, the one show we did together, she half-assed her way through with, like, a thrown-together costume when everyone else showed up. It was a Harry Potter show. Like, if there's one thing I know that I do well, my Dolores Umbridge is fucking good. This bitch didn't know what to do for her second number, so she put on a ball gown and did the fat lady from the painting. Yeah, that was one of her characters. You can't see my face right now, but I literally just cringed. And she did All About That Bass by Megan Trainor. That was her her Harry Potter number. We're like, put some... There's a whole fucking... We did two nights. There's a room... There's two sellout rooms for people. And, like, I get that. This is just New Jersey. It's not New York. It's not your big thing. But, like... Put some fucking effort into okay, it. So You're that, no better than anybody else. That, so that, I don't care. I, before, before Drag Race and all of this bullshit with her, I didn't care for her. That chaps my head because I, I don't care if the gig is New Jersey, Philadelphia, or fucking f- Putnam Town in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. or like somewhere in like it, that isn't isn't very special. You show up to a gig, you need to be professional. You need to give right. your, give your best because right. that's how you make a brand. Is right. especially in a gig economy, you have to rely on the and word of other people. Like why are drag why would you have queens happen? talk? We talk about who was shitty to us in the dressing room. Sure do. We talk about. I w- I've said it before. I will say it again. Roxy Andrews is the nastiest person I've ever worked with in a dressing room. And unless somebody goes out of their way to dethrone her, she will forever <laughs> be the nastiest person I've ever worked with in a in a dressing room situation. We're all here to do the same job. Yeah. You're not any better than anybody else. So this whole bullshit aside, and it chaps my ass. That and it's going to be interesting to see because. As all the rumors were that she makes it to the top four, mm-hmm. she was going to get the golden edit. She was going to get, if not the Miss Congeniality edit, she was going to be the first quote unquote big girl to possibly win because she does so well. They, Alaska and Willem talked about it on their podcast. They have the first few episodes already edited right. going into the season. But then the remaining ones, they tend to edit based on audience reactions to certain people and that kind of drive the narrative for that person's arc for the entire season. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they edit her out or they, they include less and less of her as the season progresses. Because right now, obviously we're getting that little Chiron in the beginning of the episode that says she's not being considered. And so they they actually had one, but like, it's just painful when she won this episode and we're all just like, because the look was great. She looks great. I'm not saying she's not talented, but like that doesn't excuse anything. Uh, what I am going to say though, is that the, at the end of the episode and the only reason you missed this because you were prepping for your number is that they said in light of the winnings, we're donating her $5,000 to the Trevor project. Trevor project. So at least they're trying to do right on the, Already right. edited episodes. I, I right. feel like they could probably right. do more going forward, and we'll right. see. Right. But and last but not least, Widow Von Du. I love her. I really like her. I do too. I'm here for I her. I didn't like her as much this week. That clown runway was kind of 
something. It was a choice. As Tatiana would say, it was choices. It reminded me of uh, but her first uh, episode from, from from Adam Sandler with like the the, oh, the, the light bar, the light the bar. bar of light. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? I thought it was funny when she was the Girl Scout, and they were like, "This is my merit badge for this. This is my merit badge for that." She's like, "This is barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce." That was fucking funny. I mean, she's an alcoholic in that in that skit, and I'm like, "Yeah, me too, sis." Yeah, um, I really like her. Um, I want her to do really good. I do as well. I th- I really like I think her talking head interviews are really funny. Yes. Which is like, oh, that's with three A's, two O's, and six <laughs> L's. Oh, I thought that was funny. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with this season. I'm hoping that this whole the whole sherry pie of it all doesn't like it's going to be very interesting. And let's talk about this. And I know you and I have yeah. talked about it, but we'll put it on on this. So. Yeah, that the whole Sherry Pie situation is unfortunate in the context of drag race, but it's also unfortunate and it's problematic in general in the context of drag in general, because all of us who do drag are going to deal with the repercussions of her in that situation Mm -hmm. Um, because... Um, and I know this is, I'm just going to say, it's, 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 it might be taken by some as hypocritical for me to comment on it. And I've very been very conscious about not commenting on social media about it because I do work with someone who had allegations of sexual situations right. with her against her as well. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. But I will talk about with this, and I, I think it's important to say, is that we... I had friends in Baltimore last weekend when this whole cherry pie situation happened. Um, they were in the midst of a controversy because Baltimore was doing their very first ever uh, drag queen story hour at mm. the Enoch Pratt Free Library. Okay. And, um, of course, the Catholic Church got all up in arms. Oh, these are deviants. These are, peop- these are pedophiles. These are people who should not be around children. How could you do this to the public? Blah, 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 blah. Or we're trying to preach equality and open the minds of and bring to children whose minds are so impressionable, we should not be giving the people that don't like us fodder and something to point to and be like, see, we told you this, these people are all deviants. Like it hurts all of us, even in not, not in the context of a fucking television show. And that's the, I think that's the most, one of the most unfortunate things out of it. And then fucking Wendy Williams Goes on and basically laughs at the fucking um, at the people that are making the the accusations, who are putting their names and their lives and their reputations on the line to bring forward it. And she's literally sitting on TV with a gay man, laughing about it. Well, and not well, she's problematic in and of herself. Right, that show just needs to be canceled. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole men should not be wearing dresses thing. It's like sit the fuck down. Woman. Right, you're so, in, you're exactly. in higher drag than any of the rest right. of us are, if but, not. Like, equal to, if not more. Go, go. Well, no, like, you're, you're wearing wigs, makeup, and false lashes, too. So shut the, sit, sit the fuck down, so. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking. We're all drinking champagne right now, so <laughs> that's why. That's I mean, if we're talking about great personal decisions, Wendy Williams did not make a lot of them, especially with her shitty husband and his Ooh. baby mama Ooh. and okay. all of that. So. Um, and the only other thing <laughs> I'll say is, is that um, we were all saying, I've, I've auditioned for Drag Race five times. Um. Uh, a lot of us here in Philly, Vinchel, Iris, Jaja. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. Um, it is a very lengthy process. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh my God, you started. Your-. Like, yeah, I have, bitch. Before you even get the uh, criteria for your audition video, 
you have to fill out like a 10-page questionnaire and a 75-page contract, which is the standard reality show contract where it's like if you die, if you get decapitated, if you get maimed, right. you have no way, you have no legal ramifications. If you reach a certain point in this process, you are basically your likeness is owned by this company for 12 months. You can make no booking decisions on your own, blah, 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 blah. You do, you submit yourself for a criminal background check. So everyone's like, oh my God, how didn't they catch this? Well, we were talking about if this, none of it? these people came forward, she got to run free and do what she was it, doing it's, with it's, no, with no ramifications. But it's not even that though, that we were, cause we were talking about this is that everything she did technically wasn't illegal. There wasn't a, a, a legal case to bring it. Catfishing isn't technically illegal unless you are impersonating an right. actual other person. This person didn't actually And exist. listen to the most recent episode of Hot Goss on, um, on Race Chasers podcast um, with Alaskan Willem. They talk about how it, they kind of knew about it because the person who now represents Sherry is closely affiliated with World of Wonder, where in a capacity where not, it's not really been that way with other drag race girls. So they basically made this person represent her to kind of minimize the fallout and the damage. So do you think that they they knew about it and thought it wouldn't be as I bad? I think they found out about it because she continued to do these things after drag race Ugh. up until – like. December of 2019 is when she had the falling out with her show partner in New York City where she was doing a, a weekly show and then behind the scenes was sending this guy emails and making him do steroids to try to get a role in a non in, in, a, in a project that didn't to, actually exist. Uh, to quote Thor G. Thor, uh, ew, Jesus, Jesus gross. All right, so that's our talking about drag race. That was one <laughs> that question. That was a good And we're up to minutes 48 <laughs> minutes. All right. Next, well, next <laughs> Welcome question. back to episode, honey. <laughs> right? You know what? It's fine. We're going to keep talking. Um, Eddie Carmen San Diego asked us to discuss the vocal stylings of Alice and Janney. <laughs> so, fun story. I, I actually, love Allison Janney. I actually got to see her in nine to five. Yes, that's um, weird. yeah. I have I, I have visual proof. So fuck you if you think I'm lying. Um, is she a fantastic vocalist? No. no. Is she great on stage? Absolutely. Yes. Did did she need to be a fantastic vocalist against one Stephanie J. Block and one Megan, Megan Hilty? Yeah. No. She was right. it, it, honestly. I thought it added for to, those who have no idea what we're talking about. They made Nine to Five into a musical, and she, Alice Janney, played the Lily Tomlin part yep. from the movie. Uh, Megan Hilty from uh, Smash played uh, the Dolly Parton role, and Stephanie J. Block, who's been in fucking everything, won the Tony for Cher. Um, the share show on yep. Broadway played the Jane Fonda role mm-hmm. and has arguably the best song in the show, Get Out and Stay Out. Oh, oh love so that song. Oh. But um, no, I love Alice and Janney. Um, was she made for musicals? No. Uh, I personally, uh, when I know that I fell in love with her during, most people fell in love with her during West Wing. I fell in love with her during Drop Dead Gorgeous as, yes. as Loretta, the, na- the drunk neighbor. Hey, handsome. Will you guys give me a ride home? Don't listen to her. She lives two trailers down. Well, it'll be real easy then. 
Yeah. You uh, catch us in your mouth, I'll give you a present. Oh, you did it on the first time. You're so cute. Okay. I've never seen that I movie, fucking, have you? I played her when we did Drop Dead Gorgeous live on stage. I'm thinking about bringing that back for 4th of July I so we can should. do a, um, a mare. I can. All right. Next question. H. Hickmott asked, what is your process for putting a number together? Like, song exploded, but your track numbers. I don't know what song exploded means. But this is something interesting to talk yeah. about. Um, uh, I will say that. Well, I'll let you go first because you're 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 a newer queen. Um, I, so I try to wrap my numbers around something that is a, a concept. Um, so I, I won't think of necessarily a song first and then like try and throw edits into that song. Um, I, I think if I do go down that route, it's more of a like, oh, I need to do this for brunch. It needs to be very quick. It needs to be very easy. It's not yeah. super thoughtful. So like, I have that makeup tutorial number, which I think is very funny. Uh, but like that came out of like it's fine. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I like it, I sound like a RuPaul laugh. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. I don't know. Um, we'll cut that out in post. Please do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like I wrap my brain around a concept first, and then think about what I can pull into it from a, a pop culture music perspective next so it's, it never really starts with the music or with like mm-hmm. a, a, a monologue or anything mm. how about you um i i've got an idea for a number basically i most of i get most of my inspiration from either i'll hear a song and it will make me think of like a joke that i can do based off of that song uh sometimes it'll be like oh well i know i've been booked for this themed show, so I need to do a specific character. But I tell I tell the girls that are on my team, teams on Drag Wars, you get fifteen. The first fifteen seconds of your number is the most important, no matter what you're doing, whether or not you're doing. I've never been one of the people who's like, I oh Lady Gaga just released a song today. I need to do this. Mm-mm. It's like that's not my aesthetic. I'll do Stupid Love eventually I mean, when I figure out a way to mix it into something and make it funny. But I'm not just yeah. going to come out on stage and do Stupid Love. Yeah, that's me at a bar, not on stage. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's you drunk on <laughs> yeah. the third floor of Taboo, right? Um, but an audience will make a decision in the first 15 to 20 seconds of a number. As to whether or not they're interested or whether they're going to look at their phones or check Instagram or go to the bar or go to the bathroom. Whether or not your number is what we call a smoke break. And we've all worked with smoke break queens where it's like, well, this is a choice. And you can see the audience completely disengage and get up and go do something else or just get on their phones. So I, my process is how am I going to make the most impact in the very beginning? How am I going to catch them? How am I going to keep their interest? And then... What is my ending going to be? Because I learned when I was in college, uh, I will love her and hate her as long as I live, Professor Elizabeth Vandenberg, who was the head. She's going to sue you now. (laughs) I doubt she listens. Uh, But I I do appreciate her for two things. She told me in college, you'll never be the leading man. You'll always be the comic sidekick. Ew. And she's like, in comedy, it's the rule of threes. It's a lift, a lift, and a land. So if you're if you're making any time if you know some people are like making a joke and it's a list the joke is always on the third thing so it's like you set it up you set it up and then you hit it home so my numbers I approach it like let me set it up let me set it up let me hit it home so that there is a, a logistical flow from beginning to end and I will say I detest 
And one of my biggest turnoffs when I see, when I'm like watching sh- uh, queens at like Amateur Drag Night or on Drag Wars or whatever, it's like, do not do another drag queen's material. No. It drives me fucking crazy when you do someone else from Drag Race or you do a Jackie Beat song or you do a Wendy Ho song. And like, she's, yes, Wendy Ho is a singer, but she's also a drag queen. And it's like, make your own decisions. Do your own funny. Like, work work something out for you. Right. If you are fine stealing someone else's ideas, cool. And I know that's hypocritical to say because we're all lip syncing other people's material in general. Unless you're, unless you're live singing a parody that you've written yourself, you're lip syncing someone else's material. But I feel like it's an extra level of lazy and copying to do a Drag Race Girl. Or do someone like somebody like a, a YouTube parody that you ripped like a, and like, you a, like a Randy Rainbow or something like yes. that. Yes. Okay. So I I don't know. So, I just that's my own personal process when it comes to doing mixes. Yeah. Well, I, I, for me, like it, I, I I am fortunate enough to have a, a, a job that allows me to do drag as a creative outlet. So I try to put everything I can into it. Right. Like. Uh, yeah, there are certain times that I'll do like a, a pop song just straight because that's what I think that the audience wants to see or hear. But the my my favorite parts of drag are the makeup and the the numbers and getting to tell a story. Um, and I think that's something I've told quite a few people who performed at Amateur Drag is tell me a story with your number. Um, it could be a dumb story, it could be a terrible right. story, it could be a great story. Um, all of those stories are valid, but tell me a story. Don't don't just get up there for the sake of getting up there. Like, right. t- talk to me about something. And the only other response I got was, um, hey there, it's Bev, bitch. So, um, Dr. Tony Phillips, hey there to you as well. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anything else we should talk about on this little catch-up kiki episode? Uh, I think we're good for think now. We're good. Um I, I'm looking forward to do more of these uh, uh, and not dying. <laughs> right. Hopefully the next episode will come out before I checked on it. We recorded the last episode on July 25th. <laughs> July 25th, 2019. It is now currently March 15th, 2020. So, um, yeah. Things happen. Things happen. Um, so, Jeremiah, where can they find you if they'd like to follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Side Eye Shade on most social platforms, aside from Snapchat, but I reserve that for my very best Kiki girls and dick pics. So yeah, I don't I'm not going to give that to you. I'm too old. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have Snapchat. Um, what is your Venmo if people would like to send you a dollar or two? Oh, God. I don't even know. Uh, Jeremiah-Spoon, I think. <laughs> We're trying to monetize this shit, bitch. Let me look it up. Um, my phone's in my you lap. can follow me at It's Bev Bitch on Instagram. That's I T S B E V B I T C H, like Brittany, but elderly. It's Bev Bitch on Instagram and Venmo. If you want to throw a couple dollars our way for listening to the podcast today, we would love it. We are doing this for fun and for free, but any donations are happily accepted. I'm not going to be one of those bitches who's just putting her Venmo out there and expecting you to just send money for no reason. We are putting content out here. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to kick a little something back, We'd love to hear. We'd love to see it from you. There's no dash in my name. It's just Jer- at Jeremiah Spoon <laughs> and Venmo. So just just send it right there. Thanks. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.